0: all right okay episode six we just uh you know we're trucking along these new uh microphones are gonna get their use in um having said that uh again short story bingo we are going to be uh continuing to roll out these episodes as um you know the weeks go by. Having said that, I certainly appreciate you guys riding with me. I'm going to have uh, my little sister along for the ride on this one again, as we are going to read um, a little uh, tale from uh, Shakespeare. Um, some of the some of the stories that we've been uh, reading, uh, if you if this is the first episode that you're listening to, um, we've read from uh, Mark Twain. Um, obviously, Alvin Schwartz, we've done two from him, uh, and I've read from uh, Creepy Pasta. Um, Jeff the Killer, and so I, oh, and Edgar Allan Poe too Angie, introduce yourself
1: What up, I'm Angie Nathan's sister
0: Alright, cool, alright, anyhow So, yeah, we're gonna read from Shakespeare, uh, Comedy of Errors And if you Haven't followed me on Twitter yet, please do so At Gabino underscore Grimes, Gabino is spelled G-A-B-I-N-O Underscore Is spelled just joking, and then uh, Grimes, G rhymes pretty easy. Um, no, you can have that chocolate chip cookie that you made. Um, anyway, so I wanted to give a big shout out to uh, the Utah Podcast Network as well as we are um, on to episode thirty-two uh, coming up shortly. Uh, Keith McDonald and I, and on the People's Pod Show. Um, so I certainly appreciate everyone that's been following that. Um, having said that, I've been having a blast just, uh, living life and loving it, how it's going. So, if you are, uh, in the, uh, Arizona area, I feel for your ass right now with how, uh, crazy hot it is out there. And then these uh, Brian fires. those shit, that shit is crazy. I saw that, uh, it's the size of Boise, Idaho. Something like that, and they have like 10% con- contain or something. This is totally unrelated to short story bingo, but I thought I might say something about it. Having said that, sit back, enjoy the ride, whether or not you're taking a shower, driving to work, or just chilling, watching Grey's Anatomy on mute while you have. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, you know, this playing. And as usual, thank you for your time, and here comes. The intro song. Short story, fucking bingo. Short story, bingo! Um, thank you again, like I said at the beginning, uh, for all the support. I've been... Uh, I, like I said, I've been waiting for these uh, my, uh, this microphones to come in so that I can start incorporating more people. The first four... Oh, well, the first episode that i released i did with my friend pete and uh it was great i mean the other three after that i did by myself only because i only had one my one microphone so i'm super excited about uh having more people on and um so yeah we're gonna get into this right now angie are you ready yeah what do you think is gonna get take or take place in the comedy of errors Um... just a guess
1: Well, I read a little of the first page.
0: Okay. Uh, (laughs) So you got a little head start.
1: I I mean, didn't really tell much. It was more of like an intro to the thing. Uh, It sounds funny.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. The Comedy of Errors. From the book, Stories from Shakespeare, retold by Marchette Shoot. The Comedy of Errors. ...takes place in a Greek seaport of Asia Minor, because Asia Major was packed, (laughs) and the joke on which the story is based in one that used to be popular with the playwrights of ancient Greece. Nevertheless, Shakespeare did not take the location of his play seriously. He had not read any Greek stories... But he had read a great many Italian ones, and the background of the comedy of errors reflects the spirit he found in Italian romances. So he just went ahead and said, "Yeah, I know this is Greek, but fuck it, right? We're just gonna. I know Italian ones, yeah, but uh, Billy, it's uh, you know it's Greek. You know what I mean?" Yeah, but who cares? Who, who's gonna know? Everyone's gonna know. Everyone's everyone's gonna know. It's obvious. It's obvious. You're gonna be replacing, you know, guys named Manny with Gustavo. Right. <laughs> They're not gonna. Yeah. They. Okay. Well. Fuck it. You're you're Billy Shakespeare. So you do whatever you need to. All right. Names. Oh my God. I didn't even write. <laughs> I said the next part already. Names like Angelo are Italian rather than Greek. The city is ruled over. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Let me... Okay. He had not read any Greek stories, but he had uh, read... Great... Oh, my God. Let me get to a better position. Take your time. There. We... <laughs> Take your time. Take all the time you need, buddy. Okay. All right. He had not read any Greek stories, but he had read a great many Italian ones. And the background of the comedy of errors reflects the spirit he found in Italian romances. Names like Angelo are Italian rather than Greek. The city is ruled over by a duke in the Italian manner. What does that mean? And there is even a lady abbess to help the story along. It would have been quite impossible to find a lady abbess in the real city of Ephesus. But Shakespeare was working in the world of make-believe and had no interest in exact realism. Uh, Zero fact-checking in this uh, particular story for good old uh, William. The plot he used was based on an old and popular joke that had been flourishing for a long time on the Italian stage, better known as, Why Did the Chicken Cross the Road? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. (laughs) The joke... Of the Mixed Up Twins. Aha. I know that old and popular joke. I don't know that joke. It's not a real joke. i fucking... Alright. Two... Okay. <laughs> two... Well, All what right. is that joke? I All don't right. even feel like that's a thing. That's not a yeah. thing. It is a thing, but...
1: Have you heard it before?
0: I've never heard it. No. I've never heard it before in my life. Oh. But, whatever.
1: What What did he say?
0: The The, the joke is called... Uh, Two brothers. Okay. Uh, The joke of the mixed up twins.
1: Mixed up twins. Yeah,
0: take a look at that while I'm going through this. All right. Oh, they're going to explain it. Two brothers who look exactly alike become separated at birth. And when they are grown, one of the brothers arrives by accident in the town where the older brother, where the other brother, excuse me, lives. Oh, so they happen to run into each other. Of course, they're mistaken for each other. And everyone in the cast becomes involved in the confusion. Ah, okay. This kind, of joke to, this kind of joke is effective on the stage because an audience enjoys the feeling of knowing more than the characters do. It can look down on them and laugh. Haha, they're stupid. They don't know that they're brothers. And, that, and the more baffled and distraught the characters become, the more the audience laughs. A story of this kind does not depend on characterization or on skill and language. It depends on speed... On a plot that winds itself as tight as a top, spins hard on its own momentum, and then comes to a sudden finish. The comedy of errors is really a farce rather than a comedy, and an excellent one of its kind. So, it's more so, like, based off the fact that it's fake. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's fake. The two brothers, again, the oldest joke, I guess. They're separated at birth. One brother comes to the city, doesn't know that his other brother is there, and everyone is trying to talk to the other. So they're getting confused for each other. Yeah. 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 Okay. A story of this kind is not... Oh, yeah. The story opens when an elderly merchant from the city of Syracuse arrives in the great seaport city of Ephesus. The two cities are at war with each other, and when old Aegean makes his appearance in Ephesus, he is condemned to death unless he can pay a large ransom by nightfall. What wow. did he do?
1: Something enough to get that kind of punishment. Jeez.
0: <laughs> you fucking, hey, guys, I just got here, by the way. <laughs> I, I asked for just a mango. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. But if you don't pay up a dollar by the end of the night off with his head is what she says before she offs your head so you die mean yeah. you're you're dead and he's old an elderly oh, merchant wow, really yeah so what's up i mean is, is it is i mean are you trying to just advance his age just real quick ah well you know who cares right yes god these Some guys people. yeah well i mean this is uh, they didn't say the the year but i feel like it's old aegion was once the father of twin baby boys Uh Uh-oh, so this guy is the dad. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So he's old at this point. Okay, Aegean was once the father of twin baby boys.
1: obviously.
0: Yeah, and he selected two other identical twin boys to be brought up as their servants. Damn. But the family was separated in a shipwreck. (laughs) What? Just a shipwreck. Just Gilligan's Island. And Aegean was left without his wife and with only one son. The son was named Antiphilus, and when he grew up, he got syphilis. Just (gasps) kidding. (laughs) And when he grew up, he went out to look for his brother, Cassiphilusus. That's not his name. Taking with him his servant, whose name was Dromeo. He never returned, and Aegean has spent five years looking for him. He almost welcomes death in Ephesus, since he has lost both his sons and no longer wishes to go on living. The scene shifts to the Mart, the trading center of Ephesus, where another stranger has arrived in town. This is young Antipholus himself, still looking for his lost brother. Oh, so he didn't just land there. He's looking for his lost brother. Oh. I thought that he just landed there.
1: Yeah, like just out of nowhere, like eh, Hey, I'm
0: in mean, here in Asia or in make Ephesus. Pit stop or something. Yeah. Ooh You guys got a watering hole? Hey yo Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Antipholus wishes to do a little sightseeing in the town before his noon dinner. Also called a nooner. And he what? sent... Uh, he was just looking to grab some... Eh, look. And he <laughs> sends his servant Dromeo back to the inn to deposit a bag of gold that has been given him. Hey, man, go take this—take the dough back to the room. I'll get yourself something nice, you know what I'm saying? Just take this loot back for me. A moment later, Dromeo reappears. At least, Antipholus thinks it's Dromio, since he looks exactly like him. uh Oh, why would he think that? Yeah, well, I Bro, know exactly. Bro, you're
1: looking for a twin that dude look. Okay, all right. Well,
0: they're twins, but in reality, it is Dromio's twin, the <laughs> servant of his lost brother. Oh, yeah. His because when remember so the so the so the boys, Aegion's the dad. Okay. He was he had his two boys, which is Antiphilus... And uh, the other brother, I don't remember his name off top. We'll get his Dromio? name. Dromeo. No, Dromeo is so He's his. Servant. Uh, so yeah, so so the dad has uh two sons. Okay. And they're and they're twins. twins.
1: He, shipwreck. he gave
0: his wait, He gave his twin boys two twin boy servants. Okay. So each of them have a servant. Okay. And they're in the shipwreck, and one set is gone. Okay. okay. This is how... this is. What, so it's starting to unfold that... Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Okay. All right. I hope you get it at home. All right. <laughs> so... Da, 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 before, okay. A moment later, Dromio reappears. At least Antiphilus thinks it's Dromio, since he looks exactly like him, but in reality is Dromio's twin, oh, oh, the servant of his lost brother. His brother has been living in Ephesus for many years, with a wife... And a house of his own. Oh. And his servant has been sent to the Mart to fetch his master home to dinner. Yeah. yeah. The name of his brother is also Antiphilus. So they're both Antiphilus? They're both named Antiphilus? That's, that's not fair. That's, that's not fair. That's just like George Foreman's kids. All the boys are just named George. George. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's... Can my name be Randy? God. I, I just want so bad for, like... To one of them, even just to like change their name, not this, not spite his dad, but because he's like, look, I feel like a Tom. <laughs> I don't. It's not because I hate you, or it's not because I hate the name. I just, I feel like a Luke, and so that's why I'm going to change my name to Luke. I know I'm 23, but this was happening. Okay, you either accept me for who I am, or you don't, Dad. I know you've won championships. <laughs> That went on way too long. Really I'm just the guy that just keeps drawing out the same thing. <laughs> You're like, okay, damn All right. The name of his brother is also Antiphilus, and the name of his servant is also Dromeo.
1: Why'd they do that?
0: What? All right. The fact that the twins have the same names makes it a little difficult to keep them apart. When the play is being read.
1: I wonder if the dad did this on purpose just for his own, his own entertainment.
0: Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We're going to name them both.
1: <laughs> he just
0: looks at him like, oh, this, this is going to be good. This is going to be super funny. Aegean, you know how this is not funny. Come huh, we're setting him up. I don't know. <laughs> no, because no, I, I got it. Don't you tell me. Don't you fucking tell. I work way too hard for you to tell me.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah, both of your names. I'll, I'll take one in one room. I'll tell him his name's Antiphilus. Yeah. I'll take the other in the other room. I'll tell his name is Antiphilus. And they'll never know that both of their names are Antiphilus. Until you call them both Antiphilus. <laughs> okay. Well, then you're right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it Look, I'll say Antiphylissus. <laughs> 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 That that is some stupid joke by his dad, though. But the the servants that have the same name, too? That's so... Okay. Uh, See, but that adds to the comedy of errors. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Okay, so the fact that the twins have the same name makes it a little difficult... uh, A little is a, a little understatement. It makes it a little difficult to keep them apart when the play is being read. And so Shakespeare calls the husband Antiphilus of Ephesus and the brother who has been searching for him antiphilus of syracuse okay it is it it is a help to remember that syracuse has the same first letter as stranger and it is antiphilus of syracuse who is the stranger in town because they're in ephesus that's where mm-hmm. they're at they're in ephesus right you understand that right. far? okay all right Okay, so Dromeo of Ephesus, of course, thinks that he is fa- he has found his own master when he finds Antiphilus of Syracuse. Okay. Okay, so he's like, dude, yeah, what, the, what do you mean? I thought you like your toast toasted.
1: What?
0: I've been with you your whole life. When, I, don't, who the, what? I feel like you don't even know me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dromio, oh my god, see, I'm just reading this right before, and I'm not intending on to. So Dromio wants him to come at once to dinner, because it is noon, and the food is... Dinner at noon?
1: Let him live his life. Okay.
0: Because it is... Well, maybe it is dinner to him. Maybe he's just been up all night. Killing it.
1: He's living his life. Okay. Living the best life he can.
0: Because it is noon, and the food is burning up. Uh, take it off the grill. Maybe
1: yeah.
0: all Antiphilus wants to know is what has become of the bag of money. He gave his servant who now seems to have no knowledge of the gold, but is full of strange talk about a wife and dinner. So he took Remember, He gave the gold to his servant, his regular servant. And he's like, Hey, go put this in the room. And so the other servant, they got mixed up because they're seeing each other. Yeah. They're like walking around in circles and they're like, wait, what? Who? What? Yeah. What gold? Yeah. yeah. The fucking gold I gave you, dude. Dude, that was that would be that would escalate so quick. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: The fuck, dude. The gold I gave you. That gold. Uh, uh.
1: So. How much?
0: How much was in it? A lot, dude. Okay, Antipholus has heard that the city of Ephes- Ephesus is full of witches and sorcerers, and he decides to leave as soon as possible once he is sure that his money is safe at the inn. The next scene takes place in the house of Antipholus of Ephesus, so the play okay where his wife and his sister-in-law are waiting for him to return home to dinner. He naturally does not return since Dromio bought the message to the wrong man, mm. and mm. the annoyed servant. Arrives back at the house with a full report. He asked me for a. He asked me for a thousand marks in gold. It's tis dinner time, quoth I. My gold, quoth he. Your meat doth burn, quoth I. My gold, quoth he. Will you come home, quoth I. My gold, quoth he. Where is the thousand marks I gave thee, villain? The pig, quoth I, is burned. My gold, quoth he. My mistress, sir, quoth I, hang up thy mistress, I know not thy mistress Jesus <laughs> My money, bro <laughs> But your food it's gonna get cold. I don't I, I don't know your wife, dude. <laughs> the mistress of the house, whose name is Adriana, is much of course her name's Adriana. Whose name is Adriana is much shocked by this report. She tells Dromio that he must go back at once and fetch his master. And Dromio says that he feels like a football being pushed back and forth between the two, between the two of them. After he is gone, Adriana w- wails to her sister that she has given her husband the best years of her life, and now he treats her with cruelty. Luciana, the sister, remains calm, but after all, she is not the one who is in trouble. <laughs> I'm fucking 33 now. <laughs> I married him when I was 12. Can you believe that? 12. And she's just sitting there like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm 11, so I get it. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Antiphilus of Syracuse has found that his bag of gold was safely delivered to the inn and that his servant, Dromio, claims to know nothing about their recent conversation. The two men are talking together and joking with each other when the two sisters, Adriana and Luciana, find them. Adriana attaches herself to the man she believes to be her husband. For the two brothers look so much alike. Are they not wearing different clothing, though? I was thinking that. Like, It can't be that serious that you well, just don't know.
1: Yeah. There has to be, like, a birthmark or something. All right. There's Something.
0: Yeah, or like the the crotch. You're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if brothers look so much alike. Oh, or even like there's like I feel like people have their smells, distinct smells as well. Like and especially if you're with someone like that. But more the biggest thing is the clothing. Like, did, did they just they live on two different two different places? Like, did they just show up with the right clothes? He's like, well, you you just changed. Um Okay fine then, uh, da, 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 She believes to be her husband For the two brothers look so much alike That not even a wife can tell them apart And she is determined to get him to come home to dinner And Tifilis fills his head Swimming with thoughts of goblins and elves and since, is, and since this is Fairyland he decides he might as well Go with the two ladies <laughs> Alright man His servant Dromeo accompanies them To act as porter at the gate And keep out unwelcome visitors and the four of them go off together to the house of Antiphilus of Ephesus. The unwelcome visitor who naturally arrives for dinner is the real husband, Antiphilus of Ephesus. He has brought a business friend with him and his servant Dromio, and the three of them arrive trustingly at the gate. However, Dromio of Syracuse, who is acting as porter, refuses to let them in and shouts insults while the rightful owners pound indignantly at their own door. Wow! Yeah, this wow. is my fucking house. For real. I mean, that's really what's going on. The embarrassed business friends try to persuade Antipholus of Ephesus to go somewhere else for dinner. <laughs> you know what? Take it. Just roll. <laughs> keep walking, bud. But Antipholus, quite naturally, is in a bad temper at being locked out of his own house.
1: I would be too.
0: Damn. I'd be pissed. It's, this is. What
1: do you think? This is a joke. <laughs> what
0: first off open the goddamn door open the door b to revenge himself he decides to have dinner dinner with a courtesan and to give her the gold chain he had ordered for his wife Mm. adriana
1: she's not opening the door so i'm taking that back
0: wow i'm taking that back and giving it to a hoe Mm -hmm. as he should shit just kidding. Meanwhile, Antipholus of Syracuse has been having a difficult... Okay. Meanwhile, Antipholus of Syracuse, who's in the house, has been having a difficult time also since during dinner he fell in love with Adriana's sister. Luciana, being a virtuous lady, is unwilling to listen to words of love from the man she believes to be her brother-in-law. But he's not the brother in law. Mm. So she's like, can you, like, you're making it uncomfortable. Yeah. Can you, like, not hit on me? Because that's your wife and she's my sister.
1: Yeah. Let's
0: not. Let's not do that. Oh, my God. Okay. Believes to be her brother in law. Some people. And Antipholus, well, I mean, it's some. Okay. And Antipholus is not a success with his lovemaking. Jesus. Wow. His servant, Dromeo, has the reverse problem a fat kitchen maid has wrapped herself affectionately around him under the impression he is his twin brother because she's loved the he the she's actual- loved yeah the actual servant of the house she's like i just look i i've been wanting to tell you this i know but you gotta get off you gotta get off this is the first time i'm meeting you i you got, it <laughs> super creepy okay seriously your food smells great but super creepy a fat kitchen maid has wrapped herself affectionately around him, under the impression he is his twin brother, and she is determined to marry him. Damn! You just Whoa. met me. <laughs> and Antipholus, by now, hopelessly confused, resolves to escape from the town before nightfall, and sends Dromio to find him a ship. A goldsmith brings him a chain, and he accepts it as he accepts it, as one more odd aspect of the town of Ephesus. Excuse me, it is actually the chain that Antiphilus of Ephesus had ordered for his wife and is now planning to give the courtesy. yo whoa yeah, this is going in such a okay I'm smiling at this shit okay the goldsmith is in a hurry to be paid for the chain. yo man seriously I mean I got I got moves to make B. since he has a pressing debt of his own and he tries to collect the money from Antiphilus of Ephesus. Antiphilus, a much-tried tri- tri- uh, much man, becomes highly indignant and points out that he never received the chain. The goldsmith says that he did. And when Antiphilus still refuses to pay for it, the goldsmith has him arrested because he sold it to the other one. Oh, man. I know. Classic case of twin brother. It's, uh, it wasn't me that sold it. It was my brother. But you, it looks like it was me. It could have been him. It wasn't, though.
1: No. No. no.
0: Okay, when his brother's servant, he has him arrested. When his brother's servant <laughs> makes an appearance to report he has found a ship, Tiphilus sends him to Adriana to get the money for his bail. The money is in a desk at home, and Antipholus of Ephesus goes off to prison to wait for it. Oh, my God. He's he's going to prison in his own town of Ephesus, and he's like, Yo, B, I just need my money. Oh, my God. Okay, Jeromeo gets the money without any difficulty, but of course brings it to the wrong man.
1: Oh, my Jesus.
0: Antiphilus of Syracuse. Antiphilus is beginning to think that he has encountered a remarkably generous town. They just give me money, Doug. In which people press gold chains and money on him, but he is nevertheless determined to catch his bow and leave Ephesus as soon as possible. He becomes even more determined when the curtisan accosts him on the street and demands to know the whereabouts of the chain he has promised her so he's walking, and the dude that just went to jail, remember he was talking to the curtisan he was going to give the guy that's in jail was going to give the 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 woman of the night um a chain dude goes to jail, so she's still looking for him. Twin brother is trying to leave and get on the ship. She sees twin brother and is like, hey, where's my chain that you promised me? He's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I just got these gold coins that were free. I don't know. Y'all are real nice. <laughs> okay. The whereabouts of the chain he has promised her. Uh, Antipholus rushes off, muttering of witches. I don't like these guys. And the courtesan, now also beginning to feel annoyed, goes and tells Adriana that her husband is turned into a lunatic. Oh, shh!
1: Sh- it's going down. Now. It is
0: going down. Yes, Antipholus of Ephesus, in the meantime, is in the, in jail. Has been waiting for the money for his bail. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> he's
1: literally done nothing, nothing and at all. He's like getting everything. Yeah, in he's on him.
0: everything. God. Instead, all three, uh, instead, all three women descend on him: his wife, mm. his sister, and the woman of the night, the Curtison. Damn! Them, and along with them is a skinny conjurer named Pinch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. You heard it right. Who is supposed to have some skill in calling forth evil spirits out of lunatics. Exorcist. Okay. Pinch tries to feel his pulse, and Antiphilus hits him over the... Get the fuck. (laughs) Hits him over the head, confirming everyone's opinion that he is mad indeed. Yeah, he's crazy. He's just just upset. He's had a long day. (laughs) He wants his money. He's in jail.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Hasn't heard from his wife. He
1: doesn't even know what's going on. At all. He just... He yeah.
0: Got got pressed for a gold chain that the other dude said that he was going to pay for, and so he's like I'm not paying you. I don't know who you are. Yeah. His servant okay, uh confirming everyone's opinion that he is mad indeed. His servant Jeromeo, seems to be touched with lunacy also, and the two of them are taken away by Dr. Pinch. Dr. Pinch. The other Antiphal- Antiphilus Antiphilus, excuse me, has decided to fight his way to the end. Get his luggage, and then board the boat at once. His servant, on the other hand, is beginning to enjoy himself. Ew. For the citizens of Ephesus are so kind of strangers. They're not that kind, man. They speak They speak us fair, give us gold. Methinks they are such a gentle nation that, but for that mountain of mad flesh that can't claims marriage to me, I could find it in my heart to stay here still and turn witch. He has reason to change his mind when the goldsmith demands the money for his chain. Antipholus, pushed too far, draws his rapier, and there is a wild struggle. The three ladies, still convinced they are dealing with a madman, add to the confusion, and the harried strangers from Syracuse finally retreat into the shelter of a neighboring alley. <sighs> okay. 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 We gotta get on the ship. We gotta get on the ship. Draw me, we gotta get on the ship. Yeah, yeah dude. We gotta get out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the empress herself comes out to quiet the multitude and tries to find out why Antiphilus was driven mad. You're right, man. She is inclined to <laughs> she is inclined to blame his wife. Damn, she's like it's her fault. I told you, I told you when you guys got married. I gave it six months. I gave it Ooh. six months. She is inclined to blame his wife, who probably made him lose his wits by nagging him. Hmm. And the that's a hating ass. Yeah. damn and the outraged Adriana decides to appeal to the Duke to get her husband back out of the abbey the Duke happens to be passing by for it is sundown and he has come to supervise the execution of old Aegean. the dad this I is all full him. circle remember because I don't know, because he had a ransom to pay
1: oh okay remember okay
0: yeah. Okay. Adriana pours out to him the shocking details of her husband's wild behavior and a report is recur- confirmed by a servant. He enters to say that Antiphilus is broken from his bonds and is busy sing- uh, singing Dr. Pinch's beard, singeing Dr. Pinch's beard. But Adriana knows that this is quite impossible since her husband is in the abbey. There's no way that he's doing it because he's over here. At this point, Antiphilus of Ephesus enters. Fresh from his triumph over Pinch, and demands justice from the Duke. He wants his wife punished for having him locked out of his own house. Moreover, he has had a hard day, as he wishes the Duke to know all about it. Look, man, if you just heard me out. And no, yeah, Adriana, I think I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> the Duke, a conscientious man, tries to get at the truth, though. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. The Duke, a conscientious man, tries to get at the truth through questioning everyone and becomes more confused than everyone. Stop! Everyone stop <laughs> The problem is not solved until the Abbess enters. And then she brings the second Antiphilus and the second Dromio with her.
1: Okay. Good. Okay, so now everyone's sad.
0: We're gonna figure it out. This is a Maury moment. Maury yeah. Mori Maury, Maury Antiphilus. <laughs> You are the father. Oh, shit. Shit, man. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Once the two brothers stand face to face. Ooh, it's like a moment out of Rocky Three. Once the two brothers stand face to face, everything straightens itself out. Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's figure it out. Where's my money? Yeah. Pay this dude for the shitty chain. you
1: got my keys? Right. To my house? God.
0: Aegean, the dad, joyfully discovers that he has two living sons, Aww. and he further dec- discovers that the Abess is his lost wife, Wow Tiphilus of Syracuse is now free to court the fair Luciana, which is his uh, brother's wife's, wife's sister, sister. Yeah. and Dromeo of Syracuse,
1: well, you know, that's so that's weird. Isn't it? Like, if if they go court, but then what if they get married?
0: What is that? I mean, I know that it's happened, so it's not super weird, I but know. I don't know if I'd like, I, I don't know if I'd be cool, like, if Adam started dating, like, yeah. my girl's sister. Yeah,
1: I don't, yeah. It's...
0: Like, double dating with her sister and at, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I'm not super on board, but I know what happens. But he likes her, so he's just you know he's trying to smash. I mean, there's
1: there's a lot
0: of fish in the sea. Well, and she there is other fish in the sea. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds a little deep.
1: Probably keep it outside, not in. Okay. I don't know.
0: Or keep it in, and I don't. You can just one hit it.
1: Oh yeah, of course. No no no. Yeah.
0: I think you try it.
1: Just don't like hit it for the rest of your life.
0: Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what I mean.
0: Okay. Well, no, I'm on board with that then. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Syracuse is now free, the court, the fair Luciana. Right. Okay. okay. And Dromeo of Syracuse is delighted to learn that he will not be expected to marry his fat friend,
1: Great.
0: the kitchen maid. Great. He's like, wow. oh, look, I'm not your guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not your guy. He's right here. Hey, Dromeo of <laughs> Ephesus. Come here, buddy. No, he. <laughs> Did you know that she likes, she wants to marry you? Did you know that? This is your guy. This is your guy right here. <laughs> Look, he loves all of you. All of you. P.S. Fat Friend is in quotes.
1: Uh, uh. Yeah.
0: Uh. His fat friend, the kitchen maid. All right. Uh. The abbess invites the Duke and all her newfound family to a joyful celebration, <laughs> and the two Dromeos go off ten- contendly, hand in hand. As the story ends, nice the comedy of errors, nice. by Shakespeare, retold by Marchette Shu. I love that story. Excuse- it was a little confusing at first, yeah, but then it wraps itself around. Right. I, I I hope that you guys didn't get too confused. If you did, I'll, you know, I apologize and feel free to comment um, to let me know where you might have got confused from. But uh, I think I, I think I did a pretty good job. Don't you think we did a pretty good job of trying to explain everything? Yeah. You didn't lose me. At the beginning. Yeah. Did you come back? Yeah. Not all the way.
1: (laughs) No, I I came back. It just, like... Took a while. I had to pay attention to, like, other sentences. Right. To, like, truly be able to understand what you're saying. There was
0: a lot of Antiphilus. Yeah. And Ephesus. Right. And Syracuse. Yeah. But when you...
1: Maybe, like, next time you could be, like, Antiphilus A, you know, and then, you know... Yeah, I could. Be, I, I,
0: I'll. I'll, yeah. I'll. When I read from this book,
1: if that happens again,
0: if that happens again, yeah. I'll ensure, yeah, not to. But nonetheless, though, it's still a super good story. Yeah, because it's was so good. stupid it was good. how they're having essentially a, a one unfortunate day.
1: Yeah. Well, really, for the the main guy. Yeah,
0: the, for yeah. the guy that's from the town. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. he's yeah. just trying to.
1: He's trying to live his life. He's trying to live he's, his, he's, his life. He just woke up, didn't expect none of this, just doing his, running his errands, you know, doing Doesn't his job. Doesn't get back in his house. Yeah. I, I'm tired. I just want to go home. I get my money. Get yeah.
0: What's going on? Where's my money at? Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. What
1: did he say? A hundred?
0: No, I don't think he said a hundred. I think he just said his gold. Yeah. I don't think there was a specific amount. If there was, I'm not going to go back through it and look for it. That's fine. It doesn't matter. We don't fact check. It's fine. But uh, I think that was thoroughly enjoyable. I certainly appreciate it. Angie, thank you so much for being on here. We'll probably do one more before you go uh, and do your thing and whatever it is you're doing in the uh, armed services. So yeah. uh, from um, me and I know my audience, you know, thank you for the services that you're doing. And, um, you know, the Navy's cool, I guess, right? I don't know. I right? mean,
1: all branches are cool in their own yeah. way.
0: Yeah.
1: Here and
0: there. We'll talk about it a little bit more in the next yeah. episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to the people of uh, Short Story Bingo, my audience? Uh,
1: Just keep watching. Keep listening. Uh, it gets better.
0: Hell yeah. Love that. Thanks, Angie. Short Story Bingo. Episode 6 in the books. Comedy of Errors. stories from Shakespeare. My name's Nate Chacon. You guys have a blessed day. And um, as always... Chao.